another edition, another episode of Cooking Crime. No, Cooking Real Estate and Crime. See, I never, I can, today I have a special guest with me and she comes all the way from Austin. Hey, hey. Whitney. Hi. You want to introduce yourself and tell people sure. who you are? Sure. So I am Whitney St. Andre. I am a real estate agent in the Austin and greater Austin area. I don't just focus in downtown. I'm kind of all over the place down here. Um, Originally from Wichita Falls. Originally from Wichita Falls. I also co-host a true crime podcast. So this is kind of, and I also love food. So this is like the sweet spot. You know, you give me some food, you talk about crime and real estate and it's like everything in my wheelhouse. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Did you hear that? Uh-uh. I can. Okay. I need to, I need to go turn off my phone or something. Let me, I don't even know where I put it. I left it in the office. Oh, no. um, okay. So what I usually do is I have a, um, I have a food service that sends me a box every week mm-hmm. on Monday. They send me a new box with three meals already. All the ingredients already in the box. And okay. every week, every month, it's a little, every week, it's a little bit different. So um, you can choose which menu you want. There's a family menu, there's a veggie menu, and then there's the regular menu. Um, and then you can also choose each meal every week if you want, or you can just let them send you their pick. Okay. So um, it could be a surprise box. It could be. I mean, they, they, there's an app, so they do give you a warning on what they're sending you. And if you don't okay. like it, you can change it as long as you meet their deadline. You have to tell them, I think it's like by Saturday or something like that, if you want to change your, your options. Um, and so I think I've got two left. And I think it's sweet chili chicken and snow pea stir fry or apricot sriracha pork chop. I am thinking uh, that I want the apple apricot sriracha pork chops. They do sound delicious. Yeah. Uh, and they give you all the ingredients and it comes in this little box. And so all you need to do is just sort out the ingredients that you want that call for your recipe. And I put my little recipe right here. Oh, that's a good spot to keep them because I would lose them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so then I just need my uh, pork chops, chicken breast. I don't have pork chops. Boneless chicken breasts or ground pork. Every once in a while, they'll send me the wrong thing. Uh oh. Oh, wait a second. I already had this one, so I already cooked this one. Whoops. Whoops. Let's see. I've got, I know I have not done the sweet chili. Oh, dinner style chicken and gravy. Now that's boring. Let's do the (laughs) sweet chili chicken and snow pea stir fry. Okay. And, um, gives me all of my ingredients on one side and then it gives me the directions it's usually like six or eight steps or whatever. And it's super easy. I mean, just about any, any dodo can cook. And I know that there's a lot of other companies out there that you can choose from. There's 
uh, what's that company called? Blue Apron. Oh, there's Blue Apron. I think like Home Chef is one. The biggest one I think everyone knows is HelloFresh. At least in the in the true crime podcast world, HelloFresh uh -huh. sponsors everybody. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, they're not sponsoring me on any of this stuff. This is just me. Me either. <laughs> Hopefully they don't get mad at me for doing it. Maybe oh, I'm like won't. telling some weird trade secrets or something. Cause I didn't nah. even ask permission. <laughs> I'm um, sure it's fine. Let's see. All right. So we need the sweet. And of course the labels are in black and the sauce is black. Of course it is. Sweet so it's going to make it really difficult. I don't think this is it. Cornstarch. One of these is going to be cornstarch. That's cornstarch. And sweet Thai chili sauce. I can't imagine that. This is not. It says sweet soy glaze. Snow peas. Ponzu sauce, three. Okay, here's the sweet sauce. Another Ponzu sauce. And the rice and the ginger. It's only seven things. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All done. Awesome. I don't have this down to a science just yet, but we're getting, we'll get there. Yeah. I say it takes practice. Yeah. And it this and the, shows like you're real. This is real life. This is what it's like when you're cooking. It's not just magically, magically there ready for you. Yeah. But the thing that I like about it is I can actually just never go shopping again. There you, you know? go. Um, yeah. it, I, I go to, I, I think I've gone shopping since my daughter went to college. Uh, four times oh wow and she's been gone all year wow all i go to all i go to walmart is for toilet paper soap and you know the things that i can't girl uh, you gotta amazon that oh get, and i yeah i know get that I know. amazon subscribe and save where it's just auto shipped to you you don't even have to think about it that's my I've favorite thought thing. about that too i've thought about that just ordering it online altogether. but every once in a while it's kind of nice to be around people you know of course. So, Are you using your potato peeler for your ginger? Yeah, you got to peel the ginger. I've never thought to use my potato peeler. Really? I always use a spoon and a just like spoon. scrape it off. Mm -hmm. I saw it on a fancy cooking show once. So, Oh, well, that might work too. But see, I mean, it just comes right off. That's smart. I, I don't know why I've never thought of doing that. Um. All right, so that's my ginger, and it gives me directions. Now we just look at the directions. Usually it tells you to do the rice first, mm -hmm. uh, but it wants me to put the garlic. So I need to do the garlic. Um, but, okay, so this week we're doing uh, Florida. Florida. Mm-hmm. And Whitney's got a couple of crimes to talk about. Oh, you know what? I didn't look up the um, real estate, how to get a real estate license in Florida. I got it. 
Oh, so, you do? Yep. Go for it. So the steps to become a real estate agent in Florida are very similar to what they are in Texas. So it's something we are kind of already familiar with. You have to be at least 18 years old. You have to have a United States social security number and you must have at least a high school diploma or GED as your prerequisites. Really? Mm -hmm. I don't think we have that in Texas. We don't have the high school requirement. We do have the 18 and security social security number. But that's just yeah. bare basic employment information. Huh. You do have to complete 63 hours of pre-licensure courses. So just not 63? that many. Just 63. Wow. And it's, it's the bare basics. So it's foundations of the real estate business, real estate regulations and statutes, agency relationships, how to remain compliant with state and federal laws, real property laws, and financing options and mortgages. And that's it. Six classes. It doesn't feel like that's enough to be able to really, uh, I mean, I know everybody complains about our classes here in the state of Texas because there's two, it's 180, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yes. 180 hours to get your license and then another 90 hours after you get your license in order to keep it that first year. Correct. So, um, I get a lot of the newbie agents that are just like, oh my gosh, this class is so redundant. And it is redundant. Once you get past a certain point, you just start talking about the same shit mm -hmm. all over again. So yep. a lot of those classes are just a repetition of what you took in real estate one and two. Yep. Or contract. Mm -hmm. So they could, they could make it a little bit simpler in Texas, I feel like. But I do too. Or I wish they made the classes a little more user-friendly, if that's the correct terms, because like you take the contracts class and they basically just give you a contract and tell you to read the paragraphs on it and understand all of the legalese behind it, but they don't ever teach you how to write a contract or, you know, the, what you absolutely have to have bare minimum in a contract for it to be a successful contract. And I think that's where there needs to be some improvements. And it, it, it is over, overkill on the contracts without being useful i mean they start talking about stuff that's not really even related to real estate correct you know like uh tenancy in common and tenancy mm -hmm. you know by entirety and all that stuff that usually the title company takes care of correct. we don't even deal with any of that stuff mm -hmm. i mean it's good to understand it but it's yeah. not but almost like as a history later on yeah, yeah you can learn that later on it would be a great um, elective later mm -hmm. yeah um, one of the things that I've noticed too is, and I don't know that a lot of it falls on the broker. You're mm -hmm. not going to be, uh, you're not going to be able to teach somebody how to be a salesperson, mm -hmm. but in the classes, more than just showing them how to write a contract, they need to, I think that they need to have some sort of sales pitch to them. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what you're going to have to do. This is, this is how you're going to have to, you're going to have to go and knock on doors, <laughs> Mm -hmm. you're gonna have to hit the pavement you're gonna have Absolutely. to call the for sale by owners call the expired listings send out mail outs this is how much it's going to cost for you to get your real estate license and they don't show any of that stuff that's a big one people don't realize how expensive it is to be in real estate everyone thinks that it's easy money and it is mm -hmm. far from easy money it takes mm -hmm. a lot of time a lot of effort and a lot of um of your own ambition to get mm -hmm. you anywhere 
if you're not dedicated, if you're not dedicated right off the bat, you're not going to really, you're not going to mm -hmm. really get too far. It's it, you're, th there's a, there's a reason why they say that 85% of real estate people that take the real estate license exam don't really sell real estate mm -hmm. <clears throat> because it isn't as easy as it seems. It takes more than just being able to pass a test. It takes some sales experience or at least the ability to be a salesperson, mm -hmm. you know, talk to people, listen to what they want and not convey your own wishes on them. Correct. The interacting with people is probably the hardest part of our job is uh -huh. learning how to listen, to take that information, digest it and put it back to them in a way that makes sense. So, you know, some people say I demand a five bedroom house with a minimum of 5,000 square feet. Now, okay. Is, is that a want or a need? You know, like having those difficult conversations of, well, unless you build your dream home, or you're is not going to get this. Yeah, exactly. Is it even, are we even, do we even have yes. those kinds of houses in our market? Exactly. And, to, you know, being able to relate how the market is to clients is, is difficult as well, because, you know, look at the world we're living in right now, where the market is basically on fire. Fluid. It's yeah. fluid. <laughs> yes. Some days it's you can't keep a house on the market for more than an hour. The next day it's like, why is this one taking two weeks to sell? You have right. no, there's no control. It's just a right. giant roller coaster all the time. <laughs> and you have to be willing to handle that. You got to be able to handle it too. And you got to be, I think that you also have to, as far as like financially con is concerned, you have mm -hmm. to be able to, cause it's feast or famine. You know, yes. this 100%. It's feast or famine. one month, you're going to have five closings in the next month. You might only have one. Mm -hmm. So all of that money that you make that first month, you need to keep that in your bank to be able to handle a month or two without any sales. Mm -hmm. I also think something that we could learn more have with us having to have 180 hours, an, another benefit beneficial class would be um, taxes. No one explains that you are an independent contractor and no one takes taxes out of your money. Right. You have to be able to hold on to that and pay uncle Sam at the end of the year. If not, you get a bill and you're like, why do I have to pay $30,000 to the government when I had a really good real estate year? Because you didn't hold any back. That's why you have yep. to pay Uncle Sam. Because yep. you spent all of it again. So you didn't diversify. Because that's one thing that I did when I first got into real estate is I actually diversified a little bit and got a mm -hmm. few rental properties. Because my background is in accounting. So mm -hmm. I kind of already knew all that information. But um, and you as a broker is a that's a great resource to have because there's a lot of brokers out there that just kind of throw you to the wolves and say, figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I try to talk to my agents about a lot of that stuff. Um, uh, usually we'll do a little bit of role playing too, as well, so that mm -hmm. we can kind of learn how to sell a property. Cause I get so many people that are like, okay, well, once I show the house, then what do I do? Like to talk me, it's to a no brainer. It? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sit down, talk about it and decide yes. which one you like, which ones are not like, mm -hmm. so, you know, I mean, these are certain things that we take for granted as as real estate agents, because we've been doing it for so long. I don't mm -hmm. know that anybody ever taught me any of that stuff either. I, I don't think they did either. And it's definitely not in the classwork. 
of how to, what do you do after you show a house? Well, did they, do you ask them, do you like it? What don't you like? What do we need to change? How do we, how do we change our parameters of what you're looking for? You said you wanted this, but now you've seen it. Now you don't want it. So how do we, how do we I have to evolve? modify. Mm -hmm. Right. That's one thing that you really have to be able to do as a real estate agent showing to owner occupants mm -hmm. is be able to read the situation because you know how it is. You get the husband wants a two car garage mm -hmm. and the wife wants a kitchen or vice versa or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to be stereotypical, mm -hmm. but the, the husband really wants a big, huge bedroom. That's important to him. The wife mm -hmm. can care less about the bedroom, but she wants to make sure that her bathroom has two sinks. Yeah. You know, so there's so many things that are involved in selling a home and you have to be able to kind of, I, I mean, I've gotten to the, that to the point that I can show them like one or two houses and then now I know exactly what they're looking for. Yeah. But that comes with time yeah. as a new agent with just minimal education at this point. You don't get, you don't know what questions to ask at the end of the day. Do I, do I right. ask, was this kitchen satisfactory? Okay. That bathroom didn't have two sinks. So we know for sure you want two sinks. Okay, great. We have that. Let's change the list. Kind of I think that real estate agents also get a bad name because they kind of put us in the same category as car salesmen. Yes. You know, where car salesmen, they have this car and they're like, oh, you really want this car. Mm -hmm. You really want this car. This re car really wants you. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're going to leave here today with this car. With, <laughs> what can I do to get you in this car? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's not how it's like with real estate. We can't just... For, we can't force our will or our wants or our dis, our likes and dislikes mm -hmm. on the client. We have to let them tell us what they want. And a lot of real estate agents have the problem uh, pick, you know, figuring mm -hmm. that out. Mm -hmm. Also, something I didn't, I just noticed not in their coursework is ethics. There is no class on ethics here. There, well, because NAR, uh, TAR is now, well, not NAR, NAR is requiring it on their end. Mm -hmm. Every year or every two years, you have to take ethics, ethics. Mm -hmm. ap apart from your, your normal, they, they changed that rule a little bit yeah. in the last couple of years on the federal level to where federally you have to go to their website mm -hmm. and do their class on the website. And it's usually like a time thing. They give you like a couple of time slots. Okay. One of the things that a lot of uh, newbie real estate agents are missing out on is the classroom setting. Mm -hmm. uh, did you take any of your classes for real estate in the classroom? I did all of mine online. I did all of mine except for my broker's license um, mm -hmm. in the classroom. Okay. And that was, that's different. This was back then when they were still offering, this is in like, two, when I got here, it was in 2009. Um, I started taking the classes in 2009 and got my license in 2010. And back then, um, Alan King, who just passed mm -hmm. away, by the way, mm -hmm. um, Alan King and Bonnie Fieldson, um, we're teaching the class at Vernon. Okay. So I took all of my classes with Beth Ann Oswald. Oh, love at, it. At, yeah. At Bishop's. We, we both actually got our real estate license at the same time. Awesome. Yeah. I did all of mine through continuing education courses through the university, through MSU. Yeah. 
And it's just at your own pace. I got to sit there with, yeah, it is with you at your own pace. I got to sit there with Alan King and Bonnie Fieldson and ask them questions, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of pick their brain and hear the stories. Mm -hmm. So you miss out on all of that when you're taking it online. Unfortunately, I mean, that's just the way it is now. There's Mm -hmm. no, there's no way around it anymore, but Mm -hmm. um, I really wish that they made classes again. I also think that they shifted more to that model because you don't start real estate as your only career. It is really hard to jump in with both feet and expect to make a salary your first year. That's why I didn't do it full time. mm -hmm. When I first got into, into real estate, I did it Mm part-time and I actually did it part-time for almost five years. I should have quit sooner because Mm -hmm. I was already getting very successful at it, but I was afraid of, um, not having insurance mm-hmm. for my kids. Yes. And that's a bit steady paycheck. Absolutely. And it, it's hard to take that leap of faith think, And it doesn't matter how confident you are in yourself. This isn't right. about your confidence. It's about making sure that your clients have confidence in you to help them find what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And, and so you it, also have to have, I want to, I don't want to say it's hunger, but um, you have to be willing, huh? It's a drive. You have to be, have to have a drive. You have to be, yeah. And you have to be willing to take on some of those crappy jobs. Yes. When you are low man on the totem pole, totem pole, you're going to get the lower $30,000, $40,000 houses, the rentals. Let those go away. Mm -hmm. You got to do everything that comes your way because you never know what's going to pay Mm -hmm. um, in the long run. And a good agent treats those with lower budgets the same as those with higher budgets. Right, exactly. Um, When I first started doing real estate, I think it was like my second transaction was a short sale. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. I hate that they call them that because they're anything but. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, that doesn't have anything to do. (laughs) It doesn't have anything to do with the time. It has to do Mm -hmm. with selling it short, kind of like a stock. When you're uh-huh. selling it for less than what you paid for. I know it's just so mis- from, but Yeah, it's just yeah, so it's, misleading. It is misleading. So how long is this short sale going to take? Oh, about six months. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if that, if you're lucky, it'll if take six lucky. months. And I think uh, that's what it wound up taking is like six months. And eventually we just kind of gave it away. We were able to get it. It was a house I will park too. It was a really weird oh. house. Really what are you stirring up there? Uh, this is the cornstarch, chili sauce, and ponzu sauce. Oh. And I'm guessing that this is going to go in the chicken afterwards. Okay. Um, so I just threw those three things in the bowl. Okay. And then now I'm going to chop up my ginger. So even the recipes are super simple. You know, like seven things is all it takes to make this meal. And what's amazing about these dinner kits is it's always something that I never would think to make on my own. And like the sauces are so rich and flavorful. And you're like, I have all these things at home. I could totally make this. But when I make it, I wouldn't do that. It would be like just baked (laughs) chicken and macaroni and cheese, you know, because you just don't like me personally. I don't have the brain capacity to want to think about what I'm cooking at that point. Yeah. 
at the well, end of the day. Well, I don't know. I'm I'm half Puerto Rican, so we have a little bit more diversity when it comes to our menus and stuff like that. But you get into a rut after a while mm-hmm. and start making the same shit, you know, beans, rice, and steak. Yep. How many times can you eat beans, rice, and steak? So having these meals actually kind of entertains me because now I'm going to be like, hmm, let me see what this is going to taste like. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's a little bit. All right. So now I'm going to do the chicken and it just says to put salt and pepper in it. And then once it's completely cooked, then you put this cornstarch. Oh, I wasn't supposed to put that much cornstarch in it. Oh, well, I've it's, got more cornstarch. See, you live and you learn. Yeah. Um, I, I start getting ahead of myself and just kind of taking, thinking that I know how to do it better than anybody else. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, what crime were you able to find in Florida? I mean, I imagine that Florida is like. Oh, it, there's a there's a long list. Rampant. Here. Now, um, outside of those classes for Florida, you do have to take a final oh. exam. We've, we forgot to finish the requirements. Yeah. But um, before I click off this list, you have to finish the final exam with a 70 or higher. That's the same for almost every state. Yeah. You do have to submit your fingerprints. And of course, complete your license application through um, the Florida Real Estate Commission. And then you have to, of course, pass the uh, Florida salesperson license exam after that. Roughly two to five months is what they're saying. Really? Does Mm -hmm. it say anything about if you can be a criminal and get your real estate license? I do. I did actually pull that up. Um, It is possible to get a Florida real estate license with a criminal background but it's not one of those just misdemeanor exactly it's not one of those like easy yes or no questions it's like well it kind of depends on what it was when it was what the conviction was did you plea out those types of things felony is a no you cannot have a real estate license with a felony misdemeanor is the same you can have a misdemeanor in texas and no felony however Mm -hmm. california you can have a felony Interesting. I did not know that about California. Yep. We learned that. Okay. Yeah. Just ima- it, and, and they didn't even specify that it couldn't be for fraud or anything like mm-hmm. that. Like Texas, you can have a misdemeanor, but it can't be for fraud or stealing or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yes. No larceny or robbery of trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you're a fiduciary, I think it has, it could only be something like maybe a DUI or well, I guess those are felonies now, aren't they? DUIs? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. I misdemeanor would probably be something drug related. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Um, but yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I found a crime and this one's a imposter tried to sell a Florida that he did a Florida. He tried to sell a Florida, the whole, the whole state. He tried to sell the whole state. Yeah. He listed listed it on. Yep. There you go. He tried to sell a home that he did not own. And this actually ended up making their real estate agent to be fired after an investigation occurred. So there's a little bit of. So the real estate agent got in trouble for the listing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I would consider it. To look it up in the tax appraisal or something and see that it wasn't 
Well, he did ask the the person saying, hey, I want to, he invited, a, basically story here. He invited a real estate agent to a house and he said, I want to sell my home. Real estate agent said, okay, are you Mr. Joe Smith that owns this house? And he said, yes, I am. Didn't verify anything. Didn't look at a no license. ID. Didn't check any, um, any sort of documents. And he said, okay, let's get it listed. Was able to get it listed. And actually this home was like a uh, vacation home. So it sat empty quite a bit. There were caretakers that came and checked on the house and the caretakers found a lockbox lockbox on the front of the house. And they were like, why is there a lockbox here? And why is there a sign in the yard? They called the owners and said, are you selling this home? And they said, absolutely not. Why would you ask us that? And they said, because there's a sign in the yard and a lockbox on the door. And they said, okay. So they pull up video footage and see this unidentified man and woman walking through the house. Oh my goodness. And the real estate agent wound up losing her license or, or getting in go to going to jail. Or she didn't go to jail. She was just fired from her brokerage. And mm. I'm sure it's because she didn't make the proper steps Do to verify diligence. that yeah. that was indeed their home. Wow. Mm hmm. Mm. So that was an interesting one. Hmm. And um, I mean, a ponzu sauce says to put some sugar in it. Okay. I use brown sugar. I don't ever really cook with white sugar. Oh, I bet that I makes it why. a more rich flavor. Uh, I don't know if it, it. I bet you it does change the flavor of it a little bit. And then it says to put some water in it to water it down. Um, okay. So you thicken it up with the cornstarch, then you water it down with the water. <laughs> well, it's going to cook. Okay. And the, the corn, but you, you start it off with just the cornstarch so that it, it, the paste or whatever gets mixed in really well. Mm -hmm. Then you add water to it because it needs to be a little bit more liquidy. Um, and then you're going to put it in the chicken and the cornstarch is going to cook in. Okay. Kind of like putting flour on things. Mm-hmm. It thickens the, it thickens the sauce. Yes. Um, so the homeowner in this situation said that they understood that the real estate agent was targeted by a cyber criminal and that, uh, yes, she was also a victim, essentially. However, she should have done more to confirm the identity. I mean, that's a good point, because we don't mm -hmm. usually ask for ID until we get to closing and then mm -hmm. they take their ID at closing. So that um, is something. Notary. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I do on my own. And it's more of a safety situation for myself because of what I cover in my podcast. I mean, there's countless incidents where a real estate agent has been injured, murdered, kidnapped. Well, yeah, we've covered. There's a long list. Yeah, there's a long list of things that have because you're meeting strangers. You are meeting strangers on a regular basis. So you're at, you're at risk. Well, there's there's various ways you can go about protecting yourself, whether like in Texas, most people carry guns or mace or something to protect themselves. We have excellent app assistance with our lock boxes nowadays where you can if you don't check in at a certain amount of time, it alerts the authorities. So there are new tools available that weren't always out there. But I take a photo of whoever whoever I'm with, if I do not know them personally, if I'm if this is someone has called my sign and want 
calls, has called my sign and wants to see the house, I take a photo of their ID. So at the very least, it is in my iCloud. Right. If something were to happen to me that day. Now I delete it later if I don't need it. Uh-huh. Um, or if I'm not meeting them again. I will delete it later that evening, but it's more of a protection thing on my end. And I learned that from another brokerage at another state when we covered a case of a real estate agent. So maybe it should be common practice. I think it should be because, I mean, that's what I covered on, um, whether it was last week or the week before, is the crime stats for agents is about 75 deaths a year Mm -hmm. in the United States. And the majority of the issues are from stranger danger. Mm-hmm. Now going to a, going to an open house, um, mm-hmm. doing an open house, and just random strangers coming into the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say that oh, what an open house? You you know it's not that big of a deal because you have people sign in because you know usually you have people sign in and leave their email. Because mm-hmm. sometimes there's giveaways or you're just trying to keep in contact with them to grow right. your real estate business. Because clearly, look, chances are they're looking for a house to buy and chances are they don't have a real estate agent if they're at a open house. Right. Or so you're trying. Like that. I mean, that's the that's the goal, right? Is to gather more, get more buyers for your clients. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I. But how easy is it for someone to write another name? fake an email like that's nothing well there but was you one case that i read ID. about there was one case that i that i talked about last couple of months ago you know the like the second or third episode was a little lady that she was doing an open house and this guy came through the house and was a little hinky she felt like he was a little hinky so the next day when he came um she refused to show him the house and she was already on her way out mm-hmm. so basically he had he had scoped her out beforehand he had gone to the open house the day before and then the second day he comes and he comes right at the end of the open house trying to get her to go or go and show the house again and she wouldn't let him in because she was already walking out the door she had mm-hmm. already locked it and everything and the video camera was right there by the door and videotaped him like pushing her groping her and uh, like physically attacking her and i was like jesus if if she had let him in omg but she'd already gotten a bad feeling about him. So she she was, you know, smart enough to Good listen her. to her own to her own little small voice in her head. Yeah. Good for her. But yeah, that happens quite a bit. And it's and it's from what I'm I'm seeing in, in the research that I'm doing, it happens mm-hmm. more in uh or suburban and mm-hmm. um, metropolitan areas. Yes. Not so much in the rural areas. Not saying that yes. it doesn't happen, but I feel like here in Wichita Falls, we're a little bit safer. Absolutely. And in these bigger areas, like think down here in Austin, where there's hundreds of millions of people, it feels you like. You need to be careful. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's, you need to be more vigilant. Yes. Do you, you carry have a to gun? Be, I do. See, that's one of the things that I just can't get myself to do. I'm, I'm not a very fan, big fan of guns. I never grew up with guns. I don't feel comfortable around guns. I feel like mm-hmm. if I'm going to have a gun in my house, it's, it's more chances of me getting hurt than mm-hmm. somebody else. 
<laughs> sure. I grew up around so, them. I grew up in the country. I mean, in yeah. a very small town of 5,000 people. And I only carry for personal protection. I don't open right. carry. I don't. I don't carry it unless I'm meeting someone I I'm don't know. It's not one a, of my agents carries um, carries a. She has she wears boots all the time, mm -hmm. and so she keeps a knife in her boot. That, I used to carry only a stun gun, and um, I think you should carry a gun because you're in the bigger city. Mm -hmm. You're in, the chances are that you're going to be more at risk. And I, I used to carry a stun gun, but the problem with that is you have to remember to keep it charged. If it what what good does it do you if you've not kept it charged? Yeah. Yeah. And then Whereas, with all the things that we need mm -hmm. to keep charged in our life. I, I, yes, I'm already out of outlets as is. So. Right. Just it, one more thing to forget. Mm -hmm. I can't even remember to charge my watch, much less a stun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Another tip. I don't know what you tell your agents, but something I do, I ask the person I'm showing to stay outside until I turn all lights on and unlock all doors. So I can, I know all of my exits before they enter the house. That's a good point. Um, I don't usually tell that to the agents, but I can. I mean, that's, that's I don't a pretty know good it's point. a safety tip that I like to keep handy in the back of my mind, just because I always let them go first. Know. That was what I mm -hmm. learned whenever we were doing real estate or we, mm -hmm. we were being taught was that you let your clients go first. You always sure. walk in the back. You don't want to walk in front of them because you never know. They might attack you from behind. Mm -hmm. And then what do you do? And but I do the same. Behind them. Mm hmm I do the same, but I go open the house and then I step out of the house, hold the door open for them and say, here you like, here you go. I would like you to have first impression. I don't want you to see the back of my head for the first. That's not the first thing you want to see when you walk into a house. Right. So that's just kind of like my run in joke when we walk in is go ahead. You know, you, I'm not the prettiest thing in this house. So go ahead. Kind of a thing. Oh, uh, but uh, all right. So it looks like everything is almost done. I just need to let that. Um, stir fry water uh, boil out a little bit and then fluff up my rice it says fluff with a, a fork and put a teaspoon of butter in it a tablespoon of butter mm. and this jasmine rice I mean I, I'm always I'm a fan of rice I love rice I'm Puerto Rican you can't not <laughs> love rice and be Puerto Rican so I love rice too but I'm low carb right now so what i'm missing it yeah. but what does it have to do with rice rice has lots of carbs in it <laughs> I, I, just, <laughs> I don't think i could live without rice it's really hard i'm gonna tell you that right now it's really hard like rice and potatoes is my like comfort food we have this stuff called super rice in my house and it's basically a can of cream of mushroom soup and a can of like you Put the soup in a pan and then you fill up the can with water, put that in the pan and then put the equal um, equal parts rice in there. And it just makes a cream of mushroom flavored rice. And that's my all time comfort food. Anytime I was sick growing up or didn't feel well or had a bad day, like that's what my mom made me. And it's nothing special. I mean, that's like the basic, most basic meal you could ever think of. And you can right. like, you like know, make it bigger. Yeah, you can like put ground beef in with it or whatever, but that's always been my comfort food. So you take away carbs and there goes my whole life. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm 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 not a I'm not a big fan of diets, but I've I haven't really had a weight issue. So I can't really well, I, I don't want to say that. I, I when I when I was younger, 
I did have a weight issue, but as I got older, mm-hmm. <laughs> for some reason, I got an autoimmune disorder and it just took it all away. Well, not saying that you should get an autoimmune for, disorder. Yeah, I'd rather not go that route. <laughs> I'll give up rice for a little bit. I'm not, I'm not trying to be on a diet. I'm trying to change my lifestyle a little bit. And um, I get it. But that's eventually you're going to want those start. carbs back. And that's the bad and, thing is that people will and go I'll back bring them to back. carbs. And then mm-hmm. I'm not going no carbs because that's too much for me. That's too much of a commitment. So I'm doing low carb and I'm trying to do it in small amounts. So I'll have, you know, a carb, more carby meal. I'll have the rice once a week or the, the potato, like mashed potatoes or something mm-hmm. once a week. But I'm just trying to not only eat carbs because I'm a everything has to have a piece of bread or, you know, something starchy. Olive Garden is your favorite place to go. One of anywhere or like Texas Roadhouse. I I don't even need the meal. Thank God they have them up down there in Austin. Otherwise, what would you eat? There's so much good food down here. There's like the the best tacos you'll ever eat in your life on every corner down here. I've yet to find bad food. And it's like authentic tacos. That's the one thing that was disappointing about coming to Wichita Falls. Because you have the fact that Mexican food is just n- not Mexican to my standards. Yes. Yeah. Down here, everything is so delicious. So delicious. You can't beat it. I've been, I've been thinking about making the move to Austin. I just don't know. Come on down. Everyone else is moving down here. I know, right? I keep, te- I keep texting um, Elon that he needs to create a factory up in Wichita Falls. Or, you know, somewhere all, up north yeah. well, so I mean, that all of that all will of, start to trickle down. Yeah, but all of his money is in Austin right now. I'm pretty sure he's going to own Austin by the end of next year. He just keeps How, buying up land and keeps buying up land. I thought that I heard somewhere that he already has like 100 million mm-hmm. um, acres or something like that. Mm-hmm. So where they put the Gigafactory is only 10 minutes from my house. We are actually in a zero energy capable neighborhood so all the tesla employees are like flocking into our neighborhood because we're all solar all geothermal kind of a neighborhood and we have like community gardens it's very california in my neighborhood without being california right and do you know one thing that i found out about california is that my sister has um solar panels on her house mm-hmm. and she lives in california she lives in northern california uh, towards santa barbara, santa barbara. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ventura. Okay. In Ventura County. Um, and she said that they charge her for the energy that she doesn't use. Wow. That, so they charge her instead of buying it. Correct. They don't buy the energy, her excess energy. They charge her if you, it, otherwise it just gets lost. They won't pay for it. You can't, if you want it, to. Are there too many people like creating energy? I don't know that that's even possible, is it? I wouldn't think so. But like but Texas, they, yeah, they charge you to store your excess mm-hmm. energy. Because here in Texas, our Cotton Encore will pay you for your solar. I know, I know. Hmm. I was like, huh? In Texas, we're giving people free money if yeah. they <laughs> have solar power. And so how based do you like on the this solar last power? year, oh, we love it. And based on this last year, like. We, clearly, our cot's not reliable. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So but that's we one love thing it. that I found odd about California. So I love my Texas. Mm-hmm. We love it here in this neighborhood. Uh, something real estate related is we aren't in your traditional mud 
we're in a PID. We're in a planned improvement district. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's something that's a little bit different than most neighborhoods. And I had to. How does that affect? How does that affect your payments? Is it is does that mean that your utilities are on a different grid? Correct. Basically. Correct. And because we are a fully solar neighborhood and we are contributing back, if something were to happen like this past year where the great freeze out was and we all lost power, we were all on rolling blackouts, they kept this neighborhood on because we were creating energy for other people to use. So it's a, the difference is that you have to pay up front. So like other people with their muds, that's all included in their escrow or whatever. Our PID, we have to pay each year. So it's a little bit different. It doesn't roll into your escrow. It's a little bit more complicated than that. I had to do a lot of research on it when I first fell in love with this neighborhood because Uh it's not something that's common, especially in Wichita Falls. I don't even, I don't think there's a single. We don't even have a mud here. I think maybe Freeburg area is about as, as muddy as we get. Yeah. That's about as muddy as you can get. (laughs) So it's a little bit different with that. And also something that's different here that you don't deal with, with, um, Wichita Falls often is almost every neighborhood has an HOA. Yes. Yes. And it's not, um, I had to do a lot of research on learning and education on that because it's not something I was used to writing into contracts or checking on. So what did you learn about that HOA addendum? Cause most of my agents don't even know what it is. The best I've thing- only done it a couple of times because I've mm-hmm. been, I've sold properties in Dallas, but sure. The, the best things that I could learn from the HOA addendum is don't be afraid to call the HOA and ask the questions because you'll get the paperwork and you'll go through it. Most agents attach the HOA rules and regulations with the listing down here so that you can mm-hmm. be aware of what you're getting into before you buy the house. But it doesn't hurt to call and ask because every single one is different. When we were building this house, we were renting in another neighborhood and it was a much more lax HOA than where we are here. Not that we have a strict HOA, but we have, it's a higher level of um, responsibility. Yes. That's the word I was looking for. So it's probably kind of like the Providence village where you can't even mm -hmm. change the color of your door or anything like that. Or like the historical district here in Wichita Falls. Yes. It's a lot like that. You have to get a lot of permissions before you can do anything, especially Mm -hmm. architecture. I mean, down to, what plants because they don't want invasive species of plants because it's, we have community gardens and we have, wow we, they don't want plants that bring in invasive species of insects. So if we have, right. you know, a specific that's plant that really with- loves those murder hornets or whatever, they don't want it here. Wow. Okay. So it's an interesting dynamic to go from such a small and what I would consider relatively lax in city, like, I mean, overall, Wichita Falls is fairly lax with everything that you do. I mean, even and inside, there's a lot of people complain about mm-hmm. so much here. Yes. They don't realize how well, how good we have how, it. Yeah. How much easier it is. Right. So it's interesting to see the difference and having to learn all the new things for a big city. Uh-huh. All right. So basically I'm already done with my little meal here. Um, I'm going to plate it real quick so that I can show people what it looks like, but it's pretty basic. It's just uh, chicken and rice and it smells delicious. You got a little bit of garlic, a little bit of ginger. Um, Nothing that you probably, I mean, it's literally like seven ingredients. 
The only thing that was a little bit different was salt and pepper. But you nice. can add that. And I have high blood pressure, so I don't usually eat a lot of salt. Nah, not too much. What I usually like to do is um, I've got slap your mama. Okay. That's a and good I one. Put that in there a little bit. I like Tony's chachat. I always say it wrong. Chachatries. Chachatries. It's a huh. Cajun spice. Oh, it's yeah. a lot like slap your mama. Yeah. And then uh, since it's just me by myself, um, this one meal will last me like three meals sometimes, depending on uh, depending on how good it is. But that this, looks delicious. Very basic. And all all in all, the price is for these three meals, it's forty two dollars. Okay. But you you can get six to nine meals out of it. Mm-hmm. Really not bad. And they do have different levels. You can you can do two, you know, servings for two is lowest you can do. Mm-hmm. But you can do all the way up to servings for six. Or okay. servings for I think it's servings for six. Um, and then you can do four meals a week, three meals a week, or five meals a week. Awesome. I think five meals a week for the, like the most people, four people or something like that was only like a hundred dollars a week. That's still cheaper than what you're going to spend in groceries. And I was eating out all the time. Mm -hmm. I also, it's so healthy too, because you're going to get all of your food groups. They, all of them have a veggie. All of them have a protein. Yep. Yep. And it's, it's way better than McDonald's. Uh, not only am I saving money, but I'm saving my own brain power because I don't have to figure out what I'm doing for lunch or dinner or, mm-hmm. or you know, whatever. It's already, it's already pre-planned for me. And you save, um, you save time because you don't have to go to the store to get the stuff. Save time because you're not going to the store. Save time having to think about it. Um, and then you're saving your guts because I kid you not. My guts just love not eating out all the time. I'm actually not having any gastrointestinal issues now. That's great. So, you know, there's so many pluses for it. Um, But anyway, so did we have another crime or was that? I have another one if you want to, if you want to, or we can be done. Well, I said I did. And then I clicked off of it. (laughs) Well, we're already at what? An hour? Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's a little under because we started, I hit record early on. So maybe 50-ish minutes because we were chit-chatting before. So we don't have to go Mm -hmm. into that other one. I think it was going to be more complicated anyway. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, uh, thank you guys for joining me. And thank you, Whitney, for joining me. Did you want to tell everybody about your podcast that you're doing? Sure, sure. So my podcast is titled Cults, Crimes, and Cabernet. My best friend. I've, 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 uh, um listened to all nonstop, like just downloaded oh. every single one of them. Oh, thank you. Listened to it nonstop for about two weeks until I got caught up. Uh, thank you. I really appreciate the support. Uh, we cover a new case every week. We just go state by state covering everything from cults to murder to kidnapping, a little bit of everything while we Missing drink wine. Persons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And- while you guys get nice and toasty. Yeah, it's just a conversation between two best friends. It's kind of like we do it as a in a very, I don't want to say layman's way, but we talk we talk about it how everyone can understand the case. And it's not a lot of legalese. It's not a lot of 
you know, stiff comments. There's, there's one episode where I couldn't get over the fact that BTK liked to wear his mother's panties. Like there's some funny Mar, it's funny very casual. It's very okay, casual. So it's very yeah. casual, very casual conversation, mm-hmm. kind of, kind of similar to what we're doing. And even with the uh, strategic moves with Lou, it's just very mm-hmm. casual. I talk to the people that um, in our, in our, in our area that are experts in, in real estate or loan, loan officers or title companies and stuff yeah. like that. And we just, sit around and talk, but your, 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 uh, show deals with a lot of the random crimes that we don't really hear about the ones that aren't like in the news all the time mm-hmm. that we don't, you know, that aren't super publicized. Yes. We try, we try to bring light and bring awareness to those cases that aren't quite getting the attention they deserve or they warrant. We saw it unsolved too. Mm-hmm. I heard a few of them that were unsolved that you guys actually wound up helping get solved. Mm-hmm. We, we did uh, shed some light on a couple of things and, you know, we see it most recently with the Gabby Petito case, you know, the, the louder you are, the more is done. And they were able to find nine bodies of missing people looking for one person. And right. we are just trying to be that loud voice to help them continue to solve these things and find these missing people and whatever we can to help. Isn't it crazy how many bodies are probably laying around and mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's just depressing. I don't know. So mm-hmm. I, to some extent, I um, don't begrudge you your job. You get mm-hmm. to see some really crazy stuff. It is. And, and once a quarter, my podcast, my best friend and I, we go to these locations where people have gone missing or have been murdered and we are there where it happens. And we're, you feel what the, the atmosphere is different in these places because something terrible has happened and mm-hmm. just whatever you feel like that's do. because of the, of the actual act itself, or maybe it's a psychological, like you, you psych yourself out a little bit. Um, I'm sure it's a combination of both. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a big like crystal person. I, I don't, I'm not big into auras and what the environment is telling me. I don't the understand spirits. any of that. That's yeah. not what, the kind of person that I am, but knowing that something so terrible can happen in these places where most of the time there's hundreds of people or there's people all around and how did Mm -hmm. no one see something or how did, you know, like I always have questions of how did something so terrible happen right here where I'm standing and nobody noticed and nobody nobody said anything. So Hmm. that's what gets me the most. So I'm sure it's more the psychological of me psyching myself up in that situation But Mm -hmm. when you stand there and you see hundreds of cars drive by on the side of the road where someone disappeared after calling 911, like Brandon Lawson, how did he disappear? There's nothing out here. Like there's some mystery trees and that's it. That one was interesting. Like he was Mm -hmm. actually on the phone with his brother-in-law, his brother, right? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden the phone call dropped and he's gone. Because there's no, not a lot of cell service. And it's on a straightaway. You can see both ways. Like, how did he just disappear? And not a shred of evidence has been found. Not a piece of a t-shirt. Not a shoelace. Not his phone. Not a body. Nothing has been found. Not and a single piece of evidence. And did the trying to look for him? or mm-hmm. But they went in the wrong way or something? Mm-hmm. Well, there was so some confusion with where his location was. They thought he was more north than he actually was. But regardless, there's been several foot searches. We're actually going to participate on in one in January with the family members as well to try to find something on all these. I mean, it's hundreds of acres of property out there that is it's wilderness. It's just a lot of hogs, a lot of there's not a lot of houses out there, but it's not so far off of a highway that 
they could easily get lost. His vehicle was on the side of a highway. Yeah. And um, you don't really realize how difficult it is to find a body in even Mm -hmm. five acres of land versus Mm -hmm. hundreds, hundreds of acres of land. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just like, um, I don't know how many times we've heard about people being missing for years and knowing like this guy, knowing exactly where his last position was Mm -hmm. and you still can't find him. Meanwhile, his body is probably there. It was probably there the night of, but yep. it can't be found. And you would think with technological advancements, you'd be able to find anything like they used heat penetrating radar to see if there was any instances of where a body may have stayed, like sat under a tree for a little bit and the, the ground warmed up where he was sitting or anything Did like that. Cadaver dogs do mm-hmm. searches and stuff. Yep can't find anything so it's just interesting and I mean you can relate it back to real estate the same way like you do a home inspection they cover that entire house top to bottom and then the week after your clients move in there was a leak in a pipe that they didn't see well that's just part of it they they looked Mm -hmm. there but it just this is just kind of part of it you can Mm -hmm. you can kind of relate it back to real estate in that manner what at some point somebody's gonna have to do some sort of like uh history of this house you know Mm -hmm. like there's some of these older homes that have such an interesting history Mm -hmm. like even here in wichita falls some of our historical historical homes Mm -hmm. like somebody needs to do a show showing all the different historical homes especially well i mean i I don't say especially but the ones that have like murders and stuff like Mm -hmm. that or, or something happened in that home um that's something that seems pretty interesting that, you know, like the haunted house type of phenomena. Yeah. If this, uh, these old walls could talk kind of a thing. Isn't there, isn't there a show that's similar to that? I can't think of the name right now. I think it was something along that same name or that, that was just a phrase they used a lot. I know that there was like this old house, but that's when that Bob guy redoes the house, like renovates the houses. Mm -hmm. This old house, I think is what that's Mm -hmm. called. But because that's what I'm finding that's interesting about the houses that I get is repos. Like, mm-hmm. I want to know what happened here. Like, mm-hmm. the house is dumb, is trashed. They abused yeah, but that's this poor house. <laughs> yeah, there's so many houses out there that are terrible. Terrible. I did a video walkthrough on one, and I couldn't even make it past the living room because there was adult diapers left inside, used right in the front door. I got door. one on you. I got one on you. Um, I just listed a property over on Jones Street mm-hmm. and there is a um, there's a cage sitting in the cor- in the corner of the house mm-hmm. that has a dead possum in it. Oh no. A mummified possum. Oh gosh. Oh. And it's in a cage. So I don't know. It, so it they caught it and then let it yeah. die. Yeah. So it oh. got caught somehow and it, they just it just died. Probably. I mean, I just can't even imagine what happened in this house. It was horrible. That's a whole nother show you can start is the like the worst real estate stories you could come up with. Like, what is the worst experience you've had in real estate? I could probably do that now mm-hmm. because foreclosures are going to get started back up. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to be a shit show. Oh, it is. 
It's it gonna is. be a good show. I need to get one of those body cams or something. Mm-hmm. So whenever I walk into a house, yes, it's yeah, just, all on video. Just carry that like GoPro with you. Oh, I can't imagine. Repos are gonna be bad coming up real quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, I already had that one on Jones Street. So I mean, I can't even imagine. And, and I've got two more that I just got assigned today. So mm-hmm. the, the flood is coming. Mm-hmm. It's just gonna be a matter of how bad it gets. Yes, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. And um, Bill, Bill Crouch and Kirk uh, Harmon, they've got their own horror stories, too. So oh, I, I was thinking about calling them up and seeing if they wanted to collaborate on something. It might be kind of fun. Oh, that'd be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But anyway, well, I appreciate you coming and joining me, Whitney. Anytime. Um, Thank you for having me. Uh, we'll have to do this again because this was a lot of fun and it doesn't take very long and I don't have anything else to do with my time now that my kids are all grown. <laughs> yeah, anytime you need someone on, call me up. I'm happy to sit and watch you make all of my carbs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't eat them in front of you just okay. because that would be completely <laughs> rude. But, uh, but there's got to be something that you can do that's like, oh, you know, we'll figure, just yeah. figure out your portions. You oh, know, yeah, like, I'm sure. Kind of, of carbs that you eat. That way you can still enjoy the carbs and not mm. and not and not ruin your because eventually you're going to start eating the carbs again. And the, all that weight or all of that good, healthy uh, gastro stuff that you've been working on is going to go to waste. I'm just trying to make it where carbs aren't my only focus. So if I do away with them for a little while and then slowly reintroduce them is my plan um, mm-hmm. in the right portions. Cause I'm hoping I won't crave them as much. And if you, what do they say? It's 21 days. So if you do it for 21 days, it becomes a habit. So for 21 mm-hmm. days, I just focus on as little of it as I can. Then we'll That's be what I need to do with the gym. I need to just make a habit of going to the gym mm-hmm. for 21 days. <laughs> <laughs> Then it would be a habit and I won't because I'll am. go to the gym for like three weeks and then I get bored. Yeah, got to change it up. Keep it fresh. Mm-hmm. Well, Whitney, thank you for joining me and I will talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. See you guys. Bye.